Welcome to the Mums King Matter podcast, where we explore the multifaceted experiences of women and mothers and why it's vital to truly look after ourselves. As mothers, we are doing one of the most important and challenging jobs, raising the next generation. I'm your host, Lucy. I'm the birth recovery coach, coach for mums, perinatal specialist, personal trainer, yoga teacher, and matrescence coach, working with women to make sense of their motherhood experience. It is my desire to help mums like you step into your power and rise as the change makers that we are. Just because society doesn't acknowledge the value of what mothers do, it doesn't mean we can't value ourselves. In my spare time, I love hanging out with my beautiful daughter, reading and writing poetry, long walks in nature, and a good soul-nourishing dance. Diets, ways to eat, and how I eat. I wanted to talk about this because it might help to validate what you do, how you choose to eat, because the whole world of diets and eating can be very, um, it can be a tricky topic to talk about and certainly can be very cult-like and I'm going to do my absolute best to talk about this without emotional heat and with a neutral mindset, a neutral perspective, let's say. I grew up vegan from birth until I was 36 years old, I was a vegan. And now I'm an omnivore. And I'd just like to say, in case you're not sure, I feel like it is no one's business but yours how you eat, what you choose to eat, unless, obviously, you choose to invest in the help of someone because you're not feeling great on what you are eating. And I deliberately don't want to use the word diet too much because people will think, oh, I mean paleo, oh, I mean veganism, but I mean the way you eat, basically, (laughs) not the method, like with your hands or whether you take your time, but you get my gist, what you consume. So I want to say that we are all unique, beautiful bodies. So therefore, we can eat what we want and it can have a very different reaction for one person than it does for another. So I don't think it's helpful for someone to be in a slightly passive-aggressive way saying you should eat this, you should eat eat that, you should eat this way, you should adopt this diet and omit whatever it might be. I mean, it might be obvious, but you know, if someone's conveying something with a tone of passive aggressiveness, then you just want to think, why? Why is that the undertone? So when I was vegan, I was very just kind of happy being vegan, didn't feel like I needed to push it on anyone at all, but it would just obviously come up when going to friends' houses or when eating out. And I'll share a little bit about my upbringing and my experience as a vegan. I had a bunch of different perspectives over the 36 years and some of which I won't be able to remember too well because I was a kid and I probably didn't think about it at all. But I remember the Americans at university saying, that's 
asked them and they were really like, they seemed to be really impressed. And I don't think it made me feel any better about myself, but it was nice that it was welcomed. And of course, or maybe not of course, but at that age, 19 was when I started university. I was like, oh, cool. They accept it. Because up until that point, I'd had so many strange faces, strange reactions. Um, and actually since then, uh, on holiday, lots and lots of different reactions, most typically in, I won't say what countries, but in certain places, I'd go on holiday with an ex-partner and um, they would be super puzzled at my request because I didn't want dairy, I didn't want um, eggs, I didn't want meat. And they were like, they just looked so stunned. And over the years, I just got so bored with that. So in a way, thankfully, if I choose to eat plant-based and vegan now, it's much, much more widely known and accepted. But yeah, so I've had a ton of different reactions. And becoming an omnivore, it's, it's different. And I'll explain why. And this is slightly personal, but I'm happy to share it because it helps explain why I changed from vegan to omnivore, because a lot of people go the other way. So at 36, I was in an, uh, a relationship with an abusive partner. And this isn't my ex-husband, by the way. And this guy said to me, if you're vegan, we're not going to work. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was interesting because I was like, okay, well, I'm prepared to try different things because actually I had tried different things over the years. You know, I'd been curious about exciting ice cream flavors in Italy. So I tried some of my partners at the time and occasionally I'd had eggs. Um, I don't think I'd ever tried meat. But anyway, so this guy, I won't say any more about him, said that. And so I considered and then began to try different things because I was already curious and very good friends of mine and very good practitioners in the fitness industry who were friends weren't vegan. And I thought, well, I'm going to give it a try. So I tried different things to sort of wean my body onto eating animal products and seemed to respond pretty well. I enjoyed them. Not everything, but it was great to experiment. And what also happened was some people close to me did not like the fact that I changed my diet. And that was very, very, very hurtful to not be accepted for simply, in inverted commas, because it might not be simply to them, changing my diet. But that happened. And I noticed that certain vegans in the community near me ignored me, which I found quite strange. And as I've said, it hurt a great deal. And I also found it quite fascinating from a psychology perspective. And I think this is the right place to add it really. But I love the work of Brené Brown and I've listened to her a lot and read a lot of her books. So she has a name for this and it's called Common Enemy Intimacy. So perhaps other vegans were like, oh, she's not a vegan anymore. Fuck her. That kind of thing. And it might be obvious, but the same can happen in certain other groups, you know. So common enemy intimacy is when people join together because of a common belief and then they sort of oust, ostracize others. So that's a little bit of the backstory. So I'm an omnivore now and 
I really enjoy, I think I'll probably do another podcast on sort of how I like to eat because it serves me really well. But this I wanted to talk about just in case it helps you to know, like I was vegan and now I'm an omnivore and why I stayed an omnivore. So despite the reaction of those close to me, I decided to stay an omnivore because I was enjoying the different things I was eating. It felt really good to be able to eat more easily. It wasn't as superficial as that, but you know, like having grown up vegan and having it so difficult to find food out and about, it was really lovely to be able to go, ah, great, I can have a cheese sandwich. Ah, great, I can have, I don't know, a pastry or a cake or whatever. And actually now I don't really eat dairy because it doesn't agree with my system too well but it was it was pretty liberating at the time and of course you could read into that more you know it might be like well just because it was easier doesn't mean it's the right thing to do yes I realize but I'm not going to kind of go into that when I was vegan I remembered people talking to me as if it was an ideal they were like oh I'm nearly vegan and it was almost like I was on a pedestal or veganism was on a pedestal and I think that's slightly concerning. I just think there are so many ways that we can move our bodies, say, you know, ways of exercising or ways we can eat. And there isn't an ideal. Everybody's body is beautifully unique and we can find things that help us. So, yeah, I found people going, I'm nearly vegan, but I just can't give up this. And it was like they were trying to sort of be, um, I don't know, get my opinion on it. And then it was the opposite when I went to, France say and I don't feel like this is cussing France at all because France is amazing and it was like Paris and we'd go to a cafe and they'd be like what you don't want cream you don't want lashings of cheese so yeah it was it was the opposite like what do you eat (laughs) was what came across in their face but these days because of what happened when I changed my diet and I I was sharing on social media like eating different things And I remember getting some really harsh comments from people I didn't even know. I can still to this day feel a little bit insecure about sharing what I have, whether it's like fish or eggs or something like that. But, you know, I sometimes share my food. I don't share it that much, but there's still that, oh, I was really treated quite unkindly. So there's that still slight fear in me. But the better part of me, let's say, comes up and says, you can eat how you want loose. And this really serves your body. And as I say, there are people whom I love and trust in my life who aren't vegan. And maybe it doesn't help to compare, but for me, it's helpful to go, well, I, that's why, anyway, yeah, that's why I've decided to eat eat that way. I remember when I started working with my naturopathic nutritionist, Ebony, she was really lovely. She is really lovely and amazing. And she's helped me so much with my skin. She said, I'm not vegan. And like, you don't have to be vegan. We can try to sort your skin problems with with different things. And it doesn't mean that you have to be vegan. Because I think I was, I just mentioned my kind of my life history, really, because she needs to know everything before we started working together with regards to um, medication and supplements and stress and different life events and things. So I want to ask you, I feel like I've gone on a tangent there really about my own story, but I wanted to share it. But I want to ask you, does your body work well on what you're eating? Does your body work well on what you're eating? And that could mean what's your energy like? What are your moods like? What is your skin like? What is your sleep like? Does your way of eating fuel you mentally and physically well? And if not, you do deserve to feel better. My skin was protesting 
And that's why I sought the help of Ebony, my naturopathic nutritionist, which is quite a mouthful, but it's great to say as well. Um, And the skin playing up was a result of my gut being in a bad way from all the stress. And I wasn't eating in the right way to su- to support my system from the, for the healing that it needed and the different nutrients to replenish and nourish myself. So it's just so wonderful what I know now and I'm really, really grateful to her for her help. I wonder if you can think about where you say should. So I'm thinking about people around a table thinking about how they eat, potentially with children nearby. And I think it's helpful if we can think about who's listening, because obviously our kids can take in what we talk about, like about something making us fat or got to be good or something was naughty. You know, it's really helpful to think about the language that we use. So instead of should, maybe you could use could or would be fen- would be beneficial. So some person might say, for example, I should eat more veg. I could eat more veg or it would be beneficial to eat more veg. And I feel this way about should in general. Like why? Fuck the shoulds. But yeah, it can be helpful to go, I could benefit from because it just feels a little bit less pressured. Yeah, should can be quite a loaded word and sometimes it's not helpful to hear ourselves say it to ourselves and anyone else. So yeah, I am an omnivore and I eat in the way of protein because protein was something that people would always say as a vegan. But where do you get your protein? They didn't say it like that. Um, And there are lots of protein sources, but I now realise as an omnivore, I feel really grateful that I can get protein in better sources that suit my system because I don't benefit greatly from eating dairy, uh, also processed soya isn't good to have for me. I won't talk about that generally because I'm not a nutritionist. So I love having scrambled eggs and avocado on sourdough for breakfast. Not every day. I often have porridge with protein powder mixed in. And the other sources of protein I have, I love having lentil pasta. I love having some pulses. I love having fish. I have salmon. I don't really experiment with fish too much else. Um, I've got my kind of comfort zone where I'm at with different meats because I still feel quite new to being an omnivore. And um, yeah, I'm not super confident at cooking meat, definitely not steak, that kind of thing. You know, I like it, but I'm not great at cooking it or um, yeah, venturing out into new meat sources or other sources of protein. But yeah, so salmon I tend to have and sometimes some chicken. Uh, if I am given the option, I might have duck. When I was with someone a few months ago, I would have meat if he cooked it. And then, I mean, basically I'm I'm pretty plant-based, but I do eat uh, fish for the omegas. And I also do like tofu, but I make sure it's organic. And I do like tempeh as well. I've got tempeh to have this evening and I really like that. So there are all sorts of plant-based sources of protein, but they can be quite dense. And, um, and also don't always agree with me. So it's nice to have egg. It's nice to have fish. I find really, I love the versatility instead of always seeking out where the protein sources are. I still do sometimes, you know, I'm like, right, well, I need a snack and it's got to be rich in protein because that's important for my skin and also, um, not lean muscle mass with regards to being stacked or building muscle, but 
yeah, just helping to replenish our system, especially because I'm active, you know, training clients and teaching yoga and things like that. So yeah, there's a little bit about how I eat and I might do another episode on what I eat because it specifically because it might help you to go, oh, well, that's a really easy thing I could do. But yeah, I would just invite you to acknowledge that you can do what you want for your body. Feel around maybe research as to what you could do that might be more beneficial if you're feeling low on energy or if you're feeling like your body's suffering in some way because you deserve to feel great in this lifetime. You really do. How you choose to eat is, of course, entirely down to you. But I feel we can be given other people's opinions. And of course, I've explained my experience in the episode, but I've witnessed clients sharing how certain family members or friends might say things that are unhelpful. And so hence me sharing this poem. And here is a poem I would love to share with you. Because poetry means a lot to me. I write poetry, I read it a lot, and I've chosen specific poems for each episode, so I hope you enjoy them. Self-Care by Nikita Gill Sometimes the people you love the most are the ones that will cause you the most pain, and you will forgive them and continue to have them in your life. This does not make your pain invalid. This does not mean you should allow them to ignore it. This does not mean they are allowed to hurt you again. Continuing to trust someone who is the reason behind your hurt is no reason to allow them to hurt you the same way again. No matter how much they apologise and say they will change. No matter how much they try to guilt you and place blame. No matter how often they call you selfish for not forgiving them yet again, This is the meaning of self-care. This is the meaning of self-preservation. And you are never wrong to practice it. Thank you for listening to the Mums Fucking Matter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at The Birth Recovery Coach on social media or contact me via my website. The link is in the show notes. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about my coaching offering, hop onto my website and book a free discovery call. Sending you love and peaceful wishes. Until next time, look after you.